ain't nothing but a rattlesnake. Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. With me as always is Jason. What's what's going on today? What's um, uh, you know, I'm a little sad, Brian. Yeah. I'm a little sad. I was supposed to see Blackberry Smoke on yeah, Tuesday, yeah. the twelfth, and members of the crew came down with COVID, and they had to quarantine in Columbus. No show. Yeah, and then Charlie was sick before that. He was sick right? in Canada, and they had to close some shows, and then they made it to Ohio, and uh, people got COVID. So don't come to Ohio, and you <laughs> you won't get COVID. Yeah, I saw the message from Charlie, and I think he said that it was just postponed. Postpone. Reschedule it at some point. Oh, they will reschedule it. My wife and I were really looking forward to go because we love the band. And like I said before in a previous podcast, they were playing the same theater, the same place where we had our wedding reception. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So cool. I hope when they reschedule, they're going back to the Columbus Athenaeum uh, because it would mean a lot to see them play there. Okay. But on a good note, our friends at Bourbon House, so they had to cancel a tour of the West Southwest a little bit ago. Cause the drummer broke their foot. Uh, they just put out some new dates and they're coming to Columbus, Ohio in May. Okay. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go see them. It's a Sunday night. I'm going to go check them out. See Jason and Lacey, see how they're doing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that. They're going to be like Pennsylvania, Indiana, Ohio. I mean, the drummer broke his oh, foot. Oh, that's why they canceled. Yeah. The drummer okay. broke his foot. Yep. Okay. Wow. Wow. That'd well, be a good and- show though. I'm excited to see him. Yeah, for sure. In uh, boring and not necessarily important weather news, uh, apparently February's <laughs> February's back. But you know what? Like uh, we were spared. Like a lot of other North Dakota got like thirteen inches, fourteen inches foot of snow. Mm-hmm. We got a dusting, but it's been like windy as hell. And- yeah, I saw. I think Jennifer Lynn posted a a big like a huge snowfall on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it won't stick around long. Yep. Also found out that Striper is coming to Columbus in the fall. Really? Mm-hmm. I saw Low them on twice. Black Attack. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Yeah, I saw them twice. Yeah, they're good. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I am excited. I'm sad about, uh, sad about Blackberry Smoke, happy about Bourbon House. And then also in May, a couple of days before the Bourbon House show is, our buddy and you know and Tyler and Goodbye June they're playing with Whiskey Meyer so I'm gonna see that show. Oh, cool! Right on, right on. Well, I'm t- hoping to pull out all the stops to get to this livestock festival uh, in. I think that's also in Eastern Kentucky. You know, of course, Blackberry Smoke headlining Kentucky Henners playing before them. Also, Jive Mother Mary, the Thunderbolts, 
uh, uh, like everybody we've had on the show, Reed Salisall band, um, you know, and then like the day before that, um, is the festival of the red, which, you know, Duquesne's playing and Mojo Thunder's playing. So that's Mm -hmm. like the Friday before. And then of course the, the lineup for firewater festival is announced. That's of course, whiskey Myers festival, you know, them blackberry smoke, Georgia Thunderbolts, them Dirty Roses. And, and that's in Kansas City, correct? Yeah, old yeah. 97s. and Old 97s, that's a really good band. I'd seen, I've actually seen them at the Southgate House, which you're going to hear come up on this podcast. Yeah, and uh, 49 Winchester as well. Um, There's a lot of so, good stuff, man. Yeah. It's like it's like the All Things Blues and Southern Rock festivals at this point. Yeah, and there's a there. I forget the name of the. I just had posted it today or yesterday. Those there's a blues festival, uh, government mules playing. Yep. Tabinois and some others. So, yeah, all of a sudden, all these summer festivals just keep popping up, and it, it lineups are looking quite incredible. Yep, yep, and you know, let's see if we can't get down to the livestock festival because that that just may work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Mojo Thunder, you know, and another uh, great show coming up June 17th at the Burl, it'd be uh, Mojo the Thunder. The Burl in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. Them and our guest coming up today that we talked to. Yeah. Um, Colby Swinney from the band Bedford, who have played shows with Mojo Thunder, and they're playing, uh, they're doing a live double album recording with Mojo Thunder. Uh, June 17th at the Burrow in Lexington, Kentucky. And Brian, how did you find out about I, this band? I came across them uh, from looking at the Festival of the Red uh, uh, Facebook page. And then uh, through there, I uh, saw a Fat Cave Studios and then went to that Facebook page and came across Bedford. Now, uh, out of Moorhead, Kentucky. Moorhead, Moorhead Kentucky. Kentucky is yeah. east of Lexington, in the hills, eastern Kentucky. Not a lot going on. They, you know, they met at Moorhead State University. A little bit of a music scene, and the rest is history. Uh, and more, just amazement that more amazing Kentucky musicians and bands just. Keep. It's like you, you turn around and throw a rock, you hit a great band out of Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it doesn't matter how often you look or how deep you dig, there's just always more. It's just incredible. It's mind-boggling. And, and these guys are a little bit different, too, because, you know, when I started listening to them to prepare, I'm like, yeah, they're going to sound like a rock band out of Kentucky, which is great. But they're no, they, they have this Pink Floyd, later Pearl Jam, I call it, like, rock it's not psychedelic but it's it's interesting i there's a lot of pink floyd influences with them you know there's five and six minute long songs with uh harmonized vocals layered together and organ and piano and they're really good they're just they're they're a rock band out of kentucky with like definitely a little bit of that pink floyd style music i mean how would you describe them yeah you know and they they, and they have parts guitar parts and, and stuff that kind of they're kind of southern um i thought it was like kind of progressive southern zeppelin-esque kind of riffs definitely zeppelin yeah um mm-hmm. 
once again, another band that you just can't, not only can you not put them in a category, you can't really describe them. You have to listen to them. Yeah. That's if somebody was asking me, Hey man, you know, like what does Bedford sound like? It's like, I don't know. You gotta listen. You gotta listen. I I can't explain it to you, which is so great. It's so great to uh, find whenever we find bands that are, you know, specifically unique like that, that can't be put into any one specific category. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. It was great having the conversation, find out how they got started, everything that's going on with them, everything that they're going to be doing. And I mean, it's just, again, another good find from you, Brian, another cool band. Yeah. And I'm always uh, very grateful that I can uh, come across bands like that. So you guys, uh, time to sit back and relax and enjoy our conversation with Colby Swinney uh, from Bedford. We're here at the guest segment of the podcast, and I'm going to throw it over to Jason, as you guys know, to tell y'all uh, who we have with us today. Yep, thanks, Brian. As always, it's my pleasure to introduce the guest. Uh, we have Colby Swinney from the Lexington, Kentucky-based or Eastern Kentucky-based band Bedford. How you doing, Colby? I'm doing good, pretty good, man. How about you? Pretty good. All right. Good. Are you guys out of Lexington or just Eastern Kentucky? You consider yourself uh, Eastern Kentucky. We usually use Lexington as the closest hub so to speak um just as a reference reference but technically they're all from uh the three of them are from out sterling and i'm from pike county okay. and we all met uh at university together at uh, moorhead at moorhead say okay i almost went to eastern kentucky it was a hundred years ago i had a chance i was very close to going <laughs> and then i saw richmond Right. And the, the joke was, I don't want to offend you. So I'm, I'm but I'm going to say it anyway. So, you know, everybody there was walking around with overalls and spitting tobacco and the, and the dudes were even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eastern Kentucky people. Uh, that was my, I'm from, I'm listen, I live in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. I don't have a lot of room to talk. You're not too far off from the truth. <laughs> no, no, no. And my and my mom, who I see you guys grew up in Hamilton, which I see you guys have a gig coming up in Hamilton, a couple of gigs in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Over and there. we've always called that Hamiltucky. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Colby. I've already pissed him off from the start. Brian, you take over. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Well, uh, let's just uh, get started. Like, how did this band, uh, Bedford, come about? How did this all start? So way way back when in the yesteryears, the three of them, uh, Trevor, uh, Tristan, and Sam, had you know they they went to all through uh, elementary and you know, high school together, and somewhere around their later uh, early high school years, they started a band called uh, I believe they say it was Truancy, 
uh, you know, as you, you know, your typical. That's a cool. That's a cool name for like a high school band, man. Yeah, it's like your high school garage band, literally. Yeah, garage truancy, band. love it. And uh, they they got it because well, you know, truancy was always after them for skipping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know they they kind of kind of branched out a little bit more and then went into I, I guess the big thing at that time. This is circa 2013. 2012 indie rock was huge so they scrapped that name and went to the name bedford and company um and the whole thing on bedford is that is the road that sam grew up on was bedford road and then uh whenever they all graduated high school they uh we met together at moorhead at the uh commercial music uh department or degree the um, field and uh you know the the funny thing is their bass player at the time had uh you know just have have some kind of you know minor procedure done but he couldn't play for two gigs and uh i played i actually came in starting out playing bass with them and then from those two days on you know i just went to guitar and you know Mm -hmm. whatever else um and then it wasn't too long after that we dropped the end company um and just went to bedford um, though Facebook is really hard to change things and they wanted us to just do Bedford band. So they won't let me parentheses it, but it's, you know, it's just Bedford. And since then, pretty much just going straight at it as a rock band. Um, then especially with recovering from, you know, the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. it's, it's really the stars are starting to align. The, singer songwriter bubble is you know starting to show its signs of finishing up and then i think uh the way for rock uh for rock bands like uh us mojo thunder sean whiting all these cats uh the josephines i think it's yeah the perfect time you know perfect storm coming up well can you uh, talk more about that because like uh, we just we have an obsession with kentucky um i think uh i don't know if you know the guys in otis you know boone boone's mojo box the pedal um but you know like he said mojo thunder brian and that's yeah no right you're right and i, I know you guys kind of you guys knew each other i mean like can you go uh more into detail about the whole amazing kentucky music scene like we joke like it's like or did you guys come out of the womb with guitars or do you have like a special medical the doctors inject you with like a musical genetic prowess you play basketball and, or you play guitar in kentucky <laughs> or ride a horse you know, that's only three things you do so yeah, if you're going to talk about that, the Kentucky wonderful music uh, abilities you guys all have, and then you know just some of the friendships that you mentioned with Mojo Thunder and Sean Whiting. Yeah, yeah. So, so really, uh, a lot of us kind of say, you know, there's there's just something in the water. I don't know. I don't know if it's L8 being Kentucky swamp water or what that you know just kind of gets everyone going. Um, but I actually haven't. I don't believe I've met them. The other guys might have. Um, usually, I'm I'm really bad at remembering thing sometimes um but usually once we've done like a show together you know i'll I'll always solidify that um but as far as like the kentucky music scene you know it's right now in sort of a i would say a transition state um it really exploded you know um really as far as i can remember started showing the signs of exploding back in i was i was in high school and that was when chris stapleton released traveler Mm-hmm. And, you know, people trace that back to uh, Johnson County, you know, Paintsville area, which also kind of bleeds over to 
to Moorhead and, you know, all the surrounding areas. And then from there, people's like, well, this guy, you know, this guy can do it, you know, we, we can do it. And, you know, since then it's just more people have kind of picked on to it and, you know, kind of, you know, gave a different point of view, so to, so to say, um, uh, and uh you know the the singer songwriter thing is really kind of kind of exploded due to Tyler Childers um and you know everything comes and comes in waves you know mm-hmm. just just like decades 70s is a different era 80s is a different era late 80s is a different era and i think we're at that the change of another one right now where a, a lot of the you know the solo um singer songwriter stuff it while it's still going to be popular I think it's prime for people to really want to see, you know, a full scale uh, band or just show. Right on, right on. So I've been, uh, you know, I've been listening to uh, your, you know, your latest record, um, Trip Into the Sun, and it's almost got like a southernish, almost like meets Prague kind of music is very aggressive it's different it's It's like you know pink floyd pearl jam southern rock kind of all mixed together definitely has a little like jamminess to it definitely definitely unique you can speak about that yeah um so actually with with that one that was you know kind of like uh, another you know sort of like coming over the hill or you know kind of boosting off a plateau is uh that was like when we all finished uh you know finished uh school at moorhead and like we had you know through school you know took all these different musical concepts and stuff that you know you're required to learn via whether it be through traditional music programs or you know the jazz program Mm -hmm. and you know some of that stuff was you know like we can do it because we can you know i think like the last song on the record fruition there is you know it's it's in a weird time signature for a couple beats uh but you know, it yeah, it really it really expands upon the the influences that we had all through college, and you know, stuff like Pink Floyd. We would do you know so many numbers off of you know their records, and you know, we would try to carry over the whole original concept album idea, which you know, there's not really a stop from beginning to finish, you know, um, and you know, it, it was it was a sort of I would say experimental kind of point and I think we kind of went back and looked at it and you know I think we were taking some high points off of that and being like okay this is what was most well received and what we loved doing the most it kind of intersected a little bit right there I think that's what we're going to pursue with the next record okay um what talk about you know like the difference between that and the first record yeah, so the first one um, was, well, it's you know, pretty much the first full-length LP we ever mm-hmm. recorded, and uh, we recorded with uh, our guitar professor at his house. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Glenn Ginn, and uh, it, it, was, it was a great time, and, you know, it's kind of our dipping our toes into the water uh, as far as, you know, fully composing a song seeing you know how it should go and you know it's it's kind of a hodgepodge record there's a lot of stuff that goes you know kind of in the prog area i can't remember the track listing off the top of my head right now but 
uh, you know, you had some of that psychedelia stuff going on. Then it kind of transitions to, at the time, I think we were doing like a Led Zeppelin tribute. And so like a lot of the sounds that we had done with these uh, show themed shows every semester kind of bled into mm-hmm. that. And, and so you was, do have a little bit of Led Zeppelin. That's another thing too, is like some, like, yeah. you know, some of the more not heavier rock, but like proggy or folkier sounds. Yeah. 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 And it was just really kind of coming down to, you know, what we liked to hear. And when we played out, you know, and what would be the most well-received was like, if people are loving this, let's, let's, you know, try to not, copy but let's be inspired by it yeah so can you speak you know directly about who your influences are and the rest of the guys in the band that makes up this kind of unique mixture of you know this music that we can't necessarily put it into one specific category yeah uh see let me try to get the guys out of the way first uh i know sam is you know huge huge grunge aficionado uh he knows way more than i could possibly dream about and like you know all fans of you know you know the standard classic 70s late 60s 70s uh classic rocks you know stuff like that um and then for a while there all of us kind of got into the jam band thing for a while you know and that, that was fun while it lasted uh, <laughs> when the song when the song was finally over that we could breathe <laughs> right right <laughs> um uh as as far as uh like trevor's huge into like the alma brothers again also mm-hmm. another classic uh inspiration um tristan same kind of thing with uh you know just a lot of a lot of drummers um except he you know he does a lot of the songwriting um and so he's actually uh like a pretty big like john prime fan and we just try to blend that all together to try to you know uh so at the least... drummer writes a lot of the songs he's a big john prime fan yeah yeah interesting yeah. yeah yeah uh of course of course we all we all write sure sure like surprisingly you know a lot of a lot of groups the sun you know the drummers are there to just just keep the beat say, you know? it's very nice of you guys to allow him to actually write music you normally don't want drummers to do that he allows us to play. <laughs> uh, and then as, as far as me, uh, my, my inspirations are, you know, far and wide. But if I had to boil down to like, I suppose the top three, you know, it would be kind of. Um, it would kind of be like a like a Stevie Wonder, um, David Gilmore and. Uh, well, the third one's really hard to pinpoint right now um so flunk funk psychedelic rock yeah yeah a lot, a lot of it is like the, the vocal inspirations comes from stevie wonder just because he's probably my favorite vocalist and then uh, for me david gilmore is my all-time on just uh lead guitar and then you know probably probably mixing like the attitude of yeah. like some you know like acdc which is just just straight straight rock so you guys take turns singing songs i know there's a lot of backing vocals yeah yeah we we pretty much kind of like carry an even load as far as you know uh you know who's who's the lead um you know there's never going to be a show where one of us um, you know unless their voice is blown out doesn't doesn't sing at least one or two right um and then you know 
most songs will have uh, a four-part harmony um, kind of baked into it. Um, yeah, it, it's very much trying to just put harmonies in when we can um, when it makes sense to, yeah. uh, but not so much to where we're planted, you know, and not able to move around and engage with an audience. Yeah, you know, I was very surprised listening to your music because we have so many people, not so many people, but a lot of this is focused on what you'd call Southern rock or blues, but you guys have more of that psychedelic, I, I don't know, like harmonized songs. Like it's, it's very ethereal. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, my, my vocabulary is not big enough to describe it, but I was very surprised when I heard that it was really cool. The harmonies, uh, the keys, you know, I, I was expecting jam band, hard rock, and it's not, it is, I'd more Pink Floyd than maybe anything, I guess. Brian, I don't know. What do you think? Like I said, it's like you can't put it into any category and you can't really. Which is exciting. Though. Describe like, it. It's great. Yeah. You know, which is cool. You know, you have to hear it. And it just oh. caught me, caught me by surprise when I was listening. Because I'm like, whoa, this is nowhere near anything I expected. It's really good. I dig it. Like it's, it would be good music to like sit and relax to, like hang out, have a have a couple adult beverages and just chill but it's it's i i like it a lot man i think it's great yeah yeah thank thank you and yeah probably, probably like uh well we're we're moving away from like the psychedelia thing because you know there's there's a lot of it on the, Except, it's the simply like, yeah yeah but it's like sort of i don't know more pink floyd psychedelia than like a Jimi hendrix or yeah 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 it, it's like like i said like the ethereal you know kind of atmospheric creating, yeah creating creating an atmosphere and i think i think the goal with the next one is to still have a little bit of atmosphere there but more so start thinking about you know just real i i guess i would say best thing i could I myself could say it would be like gut puncher songs, you know, just being like something that just really is like a, a little more high energy, a little more in your face. Yeah. It's like a Tyson hook to the face. You know, it, you don't, you don't expect that. Yeah. yeah like that, a little more, a little more based on one riff or. Yeah. 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 So some of them, you know, like uh, we got a live record on like June 17th at the Burl in Lexington with Mojo Thunder and uh, half of that's going to be, you know, um, three songs three or four songs off of uh trip into the sun then you know however much time we decide to have left it'll be you know a lot of new material that's really really focused on you know like driving riffs um and just high energy songs yeah so i got a couple questions around that so the the, the most recent album trip into the sun you know, the songs are five and a half, five, six minutes long. A lot of them, one of them, almost seven minutes long, too. So it's a little bit, you know, we we're talking about building the atmosphere. You certainly have that. So what I'm hearing on your new your new album is it's going to be a little bit more um, rock, rocky, like structure format, probably three and four minute songs. How many how much new material do you guys have and kind of when, when you're looking to get to record? Uh I mean, before we prune anything, um, I mean, just speaking raw numbers right here, we probably have enough, like, just right in reserves for about three, 45, 50-minute LPs. Okay. Um, and then right now is going through the steps of, you know, mixing and matching, you know, what really comes to uh, – what, 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 what is really the closest to what we want. Like fits that it's, vibe of the album? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Is there any particular songwriting method that you guys have? Does it just kind of whenever appear in rehearsals or in a sound check or just, you know, and does everybody write and you're all bringing ideas? Like how any specific way that you can explain that that all works for you guys? Uh, yeah, actually, um, pretty much any way under the sun that you can think of how a song is written is, you know, kind, kind of how we do it. You know, there's been some that were uh, group written, which was a lot of uh, the first record, which was a lot of group written, and then um, a, a decent amount on the second record. And then from there on, it just kind of is like, you know, like saying during the sound check, you know, someone comes up with a riff, is like, hey, cool, man, remember that. So someone pulls out their phone and kind of records that for a minute and then hey we, we got something to work on later um as far as me i've always been a when when the moment strikes um you know i'll sit down and i'll pump one out probably within about two hours and then i won't write another one for another two weeks uh you know it just all comes to me in in one surge and then you know i sit we, we i introduce it you know kind of have the parts kind of ready for everybody you know everyone throws their own personal touch to it but you know I just kind of give them hey here's you know like kind of the base baseline mm -hmm. for it um uh, no pun intended actually um <laughs> yeah this is a bad one I shouldn't work on my com comedy career. it's a better joke than I had in the beginning so you're doing much better than I am <laughs> <laughs> but um you know well uh, I'll bring it into them and, you know, we'll just kind of put it together and, um, and then, you know, everyone else does that, you know, too. Um, like I said, any way you can think of a song written, we do it. Um, and then we just kind of, we introduce a song, we let it, you know, we either put it into the rotation for about a month or a month and a half and then kind of review it after that. It's like, well, you know, this one doesn't seem to be really doing as well. What can we do to improve it? And, you know, we try something else with it. You know, it gets put onto the shelf, you know, mm -hmm. right place, wrong time. And that, that that's, uh, that's a very common thing. That's probably why we have about three, three <laughs> albums worth. <laughs> so uh, we hear so much about uh, from other guests about, you know, speaking of, uh, uh, music schools we hear a lot about berkeley now i'm just starting to hear about moorhead state can you talk about that yeah yeah um so i mean i had never really thought of moorhead as like a a huge music like a guitar you know anything commercialized yeah, the commercial degree actually didn't come around until um their freshman year which was my sophomore year so that was like 2016 um, it didn't come around till then. And then everything before that was, you know, just the jazz or classical style or marching, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those, those types of degrees. Um, but the, the commercial program at Moorhead is, is very strong. And, you know, while it may not be as extensive as something as Berkeley, um, you know, uh, it pretty much teaches you the core things that you need to know, which is how to sit down to a song, listen to it, and, you know, at least be able to, to fumble through it after two listens um and training your ear to you know just kind of be able to be flexible um and then also um sort of sort of some of the do's and don'ts as far as you know um uh, theory wise you know things you can do you you can do this but just because you can doesn't mean you should do it um but, it, you know, it's a very good program. And uh, 
for for me what I kind of brought out from that is you know kind of looking at the business side of things um, or really a lot of you know of a show that you see put on by a band is I would, I would say it's like 70 30 70 percent the show they put on 30 percent the music that's being played kind of you know it's kind of kind of some of the mini takeaways that mm-hmm. I had from that Cool, cool. <clears throat> what what else about the business part of it? Like you talking like, you know, numbers, sale, or you know, ticket prices, or t- or you know, yeah, a, a lot like of that. it is you know we're in the age of DIY, and and it's you know mm-hmm. there's you know really you know no reason that any everyone can't DIY, you know. Um, as far as, and what I mean by DIY is, you know, manage yourself, you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have someone promote you if you can't promote yourself, you know, um, you, you are the best person to give your, you know, you say you go in for an interview and then someone, uh, you know, they're asking you about yourself, you know, your strengths and stuff. You're the best person to say it, you know, so we're like in the age of DIY um, as far as that. And like, as far as like, the business and everything a lot of it you know just kind of uh i had a couple music business courses that just kind of went over you know like standard things like record contracts and record deals and you know all of that which is you know pretty pretty decently common knowledge now um and a a lot of it just kind of shows that the biggest strength to have for everything is marketing yourself you Mm -hmm. know um the newspaper is still still a good thing to reach certain demographics, you know, certainly know the demographics of certain cities, you know, you know um, and just kind of researching into, you know, like I've even deep dived as far as like, um, like Lexington, you know, when UK is playing at this hour and you're trying to book, you know, a uh, pretty good show <laughs> on this day. Not happening. You're you're running into an issue, and yeah, you know, you, you know there's things to consider now, um, and and there's risks that you can take. Some that oh, you dude, should, listen, some that you shouldn't. I live in Columbus, Ohio now, and we are cognizant of if there's an Ohio State football game on a Saturday night, no no reason to book a show. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you know what I mean. You know, what I mean. oh, 100. Yeah, I'm I'm behind you, but that's. I mean, that's pretty astute knowledge. Good insight, though, for like I we had to learn this by experience because I'm 100 years old and been playing in band forever. But, you know, you're learning this in school and helping pick up on some of these things that help market yourself, get your product out there. And that's that's a really cool type of course to take. It's almost like an entrepreneurship course, like just business. Yeah. A a band is exactly like a small business. It it all it is all up to you, whether it succeeds or fails. You know, some of the, our favorite bands, Brian and I, like Blackberry Smoke does a really good job running their own business. Whiskey Myers is on you because you sort of have to do that now because one, the record companies aren't putting big money into people unless they're already international stars. Right. And two, you know what you're doing? You can make a much better living anyways by running a small business yourself, you know, than having someone paying these other guys to do it. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely um like you're saying with like record you know i kind of started breaking it down i was like so record companies are really good you know if you just want to pretty much get your record distributed you know they handle all that recording and distribution they they no longer 
really care about everything else because it's been you know uh, subdivided into like booking agencies that that's what they handle Mm -hmm. management agencies that's what they handle PR agencies and you all you know got all four sections and there's subsections to each of each of those but yeah you're looking at all of those it's like well PR and marketing you know I'm kind of doing that already so you know why why we kind of need need to pursue that you know um and then as far as you know booking once you establish like a home fan base you know and you get people that you get 150 people that are traveling to one of your shows there's nothing that's going to stop you there's no venue you know uh that's that's going to turn down that kind of business in a night you know because while while it is about the music there's you know also it's a business there's there's money to be made for, for both parties and if you come to the table with an offer with a venue that's got a capacity of you know 200 people and you say i can guarantee 150 you know what <laughs> what kind of what kind of business move they going to make so you know talking about that you know the fact that there's not a great big huge record company business going on anymore uh you know all our guests i've never heard anybody complain about that not being there um, not having that big promotional machine and money behind everything. And I, I always think that's so admirable that, <clears throat> you know, nobody seems to be complaining about that. It's just like how it is now. The one thing that, that I kind of, you know, wish there was, you know, somehow more of is that promotion, because every time I think I've heard of all the great bands, I find more somehow. And I'm like, how come I haven't heard of these guys? You know, cause I was chatting with Bryson, you know, and it was on the festival of the red Facebook page. I came across this fat, fat cave studios. And then I came across you guys and like Bedford, huh? but they look like they're pretty cool. You know, look like they're musicians in there. And then you're great. So like, I'll just come across stuff like that. Like I'll go on like, uh, um, blue society pages you know when i got a directory that's got blue societies in every state and i just look for cool name bands with cool sounding names and they look like they belong on stage you know so it just always continues to be amazing to me that i like these great bands that just i come across and like how come i haven't heard of this but that's why this podcast exists because we want to be do anything we can to promote this great music and all you guys yeah, uh, we really, we really love you know stuff like what you're doing, because like, uh, like one of my skills is you know it, it's easier than ever to reach people because of social media, but it's really harder than ever to actually reach people. You know, people you can it can scroll through your feed in a second yeah. and that counts as seeing it, but then like for you to click and engage with it you know that's a big thing like you're saying is you know um like like what we do is now is getting into paid promotions and it's like uh, a lot of i know a lot of us have you know kind of been weary of it but you know we we look back and you know we we think of you know the times before we were born like 60s 70s you know people had to take out newspaper ads all the time Mm -hmm. what how is this any different now so you can, I kind of saw a little smile there when I mentioned Fat Cave Studios. Yeah, I, I love Sam. I love Sam Rogers. Oh boy, he is he is an absolute great A 
human and musician and uh, sound engineer. Um, they're just started a couple years ago, and you know, I was talking to them the other day, and you know, they're really, really taken off, uh, especially you know within you know the the Kentucky area, kind of branching out you know i would say if we took like an area radius you know they're they're, they're kind of hitting west virginia southern ohio uh, southern indiana you know all that surrounding area um and they're just doing doing really great work and uh his his, his view of it is like he wants to be able to provide you know a service to the bands that really have the drive and the energy to you know put themselves out there and you know not be subject to like what we all pretty much universally agree on is like we, we can't stand gatekeeping it's like there's so many you know there's some great great companies that do stuff but they gatekeep you know if they even like even slightly heard of your name you know they're not going to respond to your email and you know that's kind of his view is like i want to be able to give you know everyone that's deserving of the chance the chance so is he basically doing like a promotion or? Uh, he does uh, see, he's kind of shifted uh, himself because since they've taken off, he's kind of uh, kind of split his team a little bit. So used to, he used to, you know, um, the four of them used to all cover all four, you know, areas of the fields like, um, uh, like live sound recording and live video and mixing, mastering, editing and all of that stuff. And like he, you know, he, you know, handles his area now, but their whole thing is like, um, for example, they're doing the recording, uh, video and audio for, uh, our Mojo Thunders out live album, uh, uh, show at the Burl and, um, really just being able to get that without us having to, you know, kind of fight the power so you know it, it's easy you know and and the quality of work that he does is really well and part of you know and I, I haven't talked to him about this in a while but uh, at one point you think about starting like a small sort of like a small indie label just you know something for bands to kind of make like like another home base out of you know so you're talking about the show at the borough with you guys in Mojo Thunder. And I'm like going like, wow, that would be how incredible of a show is that going to be? Like, I think my brain would melt. How did that come about? Uh, you know, actually, so pretty much we can date this back to a couple of years. We, you know, we have, we have played some shows with Mojo when we were, you know, you know, kind of in our, in our weird, you know, experimental phase, you know, and all, you know, just trying different things, but we were still at our core rock band. You know, we shared a lot of the same tenants, so to say, uh, so to speak. And, um, you know, we've done a couple shows together and, you know, we, you know, just, just like any two rock bands, you know, we like each other. Um, when the, when COVID hit, you know, music came to a stop. And at that point, you know, we had kind of switched and started, you know, playing with another band um, and then, you know, kind of kind of finished up stuff with that um, back a couple months ago. And at that point, it's like, all right, we really need to restart Bedford. You know, we have this huge following. 
that we had cultivated all through, you know, they had cultivated all through high school and me all through college with them. And it's like, it's a shame that, you know, we, you know, kind of put that on the back burner for about two years. Um, and so we had a couple, you know, just first shows back and like the, just the amount of people like, you know, kind of responded to that, just the last minute, you know, show kind of uh, in the middle of nowhere at Winchester, which is, is a great place, waterfront. Uh, they're super, super great people and a super good place to play. I, I foresee that becoming a pretty good music venue in the future, just shameless plug for them. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of looked at it and it's like, you know, let's, let's, let's get things going again. And I was thinking, you know, we was redefining our sound. We learned from tripping to the sun, like I said, you know, what intersected, what we really liked. And, you know, I, I've kind of had like the tentative thing of like soul rock kind of being the pressing point or, you know, the, the ad, adjective, so to speak. And I was like, you know, really, what really gels with that is uh, Mojo Thunder. And I was like, you know, got a hold of them. And during that two-year period, uh, when Mojo released Hymns from the Electric Church, I played keys for them on their live album release. Oh, okay. And I'd done a couple live shows with them on keys and, you know, just got real close with all of them. And I, I love them all to death. Uh, and so I kind of got up with Sean and Bryce and I was like, yo, man, let's, let's, do, a, let's do a day at the Burl you know because you know that's like the you know the lexington venue and you know it's always a good time and uh we you know really wanted to help you know just kick start and really kind of just come out guns blazing essentially mm -hmm. and you know they said 10-4 yeah buddy let's 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 do it and then they had a great idea um which I, I was kind of thinking in my head, but I didn't know, you know, how to approach it. But it's like, well, we're thinking of doing a live record on that day. I was like, well, I, 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 let, let's get in on that too, if that's all right. And so, you know, pretty much going through structuring, you know, adult, essentially what's going to be a double live record that night. And it's, yeah. Um, someone might have to call the fire department. That's what, fire. So, what, so let's see, what night is that? Is that, the, is that the 21st or is that a different night? Uh, that is June 17th. That oh, so that's going to be Friday. in June. Okay. Because you have a couple shows, I think, at the borough lined up. So that'll be the 17th, huh? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Got it. Oh, no, never mind. I was the, that's the brick house I was looking at. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the brick house. It's just a little, little place down in, uh, Prestonsburg, Kentucky, and you know it's on you know kind of close to where about about an hour and a half from where I grew up. But you know Pike County is a big place. Um, yeah, we've been going there for years, and you know just kind of reestablishing pretty much like our calendars pretty much almost filled up now till August, um, and we just started doing this again in February. Okay, uh, just just like really really pushing I, I still got to put out some more dates uh, i usually try not to announce all of them too soon but on the website i usually have several months in advance um posted yeah you have a nice schedule so i was going to ask you about the keys you, you brought up that you know you played keys with mojo thunder you got a, a keys right there behind you so you're you're the one on the recordings with bedford playing you're playing you're playing live with everybody yeah 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 live i'm playing with everybody um 
Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, kind of always done this like dual, dual instrument approach of you know mm-hmm. being able to swap back and forth. Of course, with the new one, it's it's been ninety percent guitar and only if keys are absolutely necessary. And just put them on the studio, not a lot of focus for like a live show. Yeah, and if and if there's you know like out of an hour one song, you know it's okay for one song to have keys, um, and it's okay for all of them, you know, to have keys. It's just. None, presenting them in such a way where you don't miss it if, if it's a live show you know but and that's, your preference that's, is to play guitar over keys then uh yes um and well yeah what'd yeah, you learn to play first like piano or guitar um i technically learned to play bass first uh and that was about seven seven years ago okay. and then you know about six months after that, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play guitar, you know, bass wasn't really, uh, which I really loved bass and I, you know, I still do, but it was this guitar that I was really getting into and I didn't do keys until uh, the commercial music program at Moorhead. Uh, we had done a Southern rock tribute and no one else could play keys. And I was like, hell far, I'm just going to try it out and see what goes. And so I hopped behind the, the B3 that was there. It was my Ooh. first time behind one and wow learn learn the ropes on that one took me a while and then eventually i got eventually i got one i, I still have a couple things i'll try not to disconnect everything but i see the, that's a hell of a setup you got in that room you got some guitars which we talked about before we started recording some, some a big a, a hammond a, a man electric piano yeah and i got a second I second organ over there just kind of which i'm probably going to get rid of the vintage ones just because i've i've turned into mechanic mode for too yeah. long I've, I've, <laughs> I've learned how to service amplifiers and you know guitars you know but you have a setup or workbench right behind you too and i recognize a lot of guitar and you know tools back there yeah yeah i've i've pretty much i just now got rid of some of my vintage amps and uh, they sound great it's just i don't like working on them every weekend when something sure. starts to kind of finick out on them um, are you a, have you moved over to like playing a solid state or are you still doing two amps uh, i'm still doing two amps okay. i just uh, i just got a, a jtm 45 that someone had built in belgium um and of course it still uses the eu transformer for the oh, power so yeah. i have a step so i have a step up right now but eventually i'll get that changed out once transformers are available again um but yeah i i won't see myself really going to digital live for a very long time i could see myself trying digital out in the studio see um, i would just think that would be opposite i would be more apt to play tube in the studio because the sound and you're not lugging that shit everywhere versus solid state you're on stage you have a lot of options really yeah yeah there i mean there's you know a lot, a lot there's of no right ways. or wrong answer yeah. i'm just curious but i'm old and my back hurts so carrying lighter stuff these days is better yeah well, I've, I've gotten used to packing around like 200 pound, you know, just for me, 200 pound for the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, organs and stuff. So like, you know, the weight, you know, I can still, I think I still got a couple of years left in me. But um, the solid state amps these days sound so good. I mean, you know, Fender has nice Marshall, everybody, Orange. Yeah, they, they all have some really great stuff. What it comes down for me is in the studio, if I, if I sit there with headphones on and I'm playing, I'm in an ISO booth 
and say I got a quarter inch going out to, you know, the live room. Mm-hmm. Well, that quarter inch could be going to, you know, a full stack plexi and I'm, you know, isolated or it could be going into a plexi plug-in. I'm probably not going to be able to tell the difference. Right. But live, I'm going to feel the difference. Well, you, yeah, like the feedback and the feel from playing through a tube amp. You, you feel not just hear it, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. A lot. And so a lot of it is that. And for quieter gigs, you know, stuff that's, you know, where you don't need 50 watts, which not really anybody needs 50 watts anymore. Um, even that's kind of pushing it. Yeah. Um, so I can dial down the power on the Mac of those things, though. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can dial it down now. Um, but especially for the ones that you don't need that much wattage. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to tell a difference. It's the only thing that's going to make you think of a difference is, you know, just basic, you know, confirmation bias. So that uh, show that you guys are doing together, <clears throat> like who's playing first and who's second. And then are you guys going to like do a jam together? Uh, so we're going to play first. Um, and then they're going to, we're, we're co-headlining, but, you know, obviously both bands can't play at the same time. Right. So it's not truly a co-headline, but we're going to open it up um, with, you know, equal set. And then they're going to close it out, you know, with an equal set. And we haven't talked about a jam. Um, Got to do it. Come on. <laughs> possibly, possibly do one off the record, you know, maybe have a recording of, of it, but, you know, being one that's just like, you know, let's just do it for the hell Here's of it. Here's what you, you know? do. Play two jam songs and you split them on each album. You get one, I get one. Yeah, or, or we just, uh, we end with a jam and it live transitions to the start of their set. There, see? Come on, man. There you go. It's a great yeah. idea. Uh, there's, there's some cool ideas. I'll have to, I'll have to get up with them about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're, we're definitely, you know, just just looking to really just, I, I guess, as blatantly as I can put it, just powerhouse that night, you know, just yep. really push it. So going back to, to Moorhead State and you, you going there and meeting the rest of the guys from the band and having these musical courses, is there a music scene in Moorhead, Kentucky, or is it just at the campus? Uh, Actually, there, there kind of is. It's It's kind of it's a small it's a small scene yeah yeah um, but it, it was a know, small kind of, of a small town you know just east yeah. of lexington yeah yeah um a, a lot of it is um due to you know it, it's a lot of it singer songwriter stuff you know because it's okay. you know kind of like, like full that, band yeah like kind of like that breadbasket there's a handful of full bands that rise and fall um but ultimately you know it's all different things or they move away um and you know they they succeed or they you know they're still trying um but a lot of it is due to um uh like uh the venue in moorhead it's just mm-hmm. called the venue and uh it's it's built uh well for one it's an old super old theater like you know 1910s 20s theater that you know was redone into like a craft beer bar um a couple of years back then it changed over to uh the, the current guy damon ballinger which is love him um but they built it as a listening room rather than a bar and so you know you come in and you know people people play and people listen so it's great for the singer songwriter thing it's great for everybody actually um it, whatever someone's playing in there you know, whatever someone has to say, you know, mm-hmm. in their own musical way, 
someone's listening for sure. Yeah, and you're right down the street from the Manchester Music Hall where I've been. Last time I was there, I saw the crow flies and had both Oddly Freed and uh, Marcus King playing guitar, which was incredible. Yeah, there's great stuff. Yeah, yeah, about about all you know, all the way over in Lexington. Manchester's got some wild stuff they they got in. I've seen Marcus King over at Manchester, and it was it was a great time. I, I barely remember it, but <laughs> <laughs> they do have a nice selection of beer there at reasonable prices. <laughs> yeah. 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 Way, way better than across the street at rep. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Very true. Uh, so speaking of coming across new bands, we always ask our guests, like who is out there that's been around about the same amount of time as you, same age or around there. Like who is someone that we may not have heard of that might knock our socks off that's your in your contemporary uh let's see uh, you know there, there's a lot about i think you know you kind of listed a lot of them that would come with off the top of my head i'm sure i'm blanking off on somebody right now um there, there's there's a there's a, a, a guy coming out of the commercial music department at morehead who's you know he's he's a couple of years behind us but he's really starting to, you know in the later part of the college years that's when you start expanding and spreading your wings a little bit more and so he he's he's good i don't know if he has really anything out but something to be on look at is like a his name is elijah miller and he you know does a lot of this blues jazz soul fusion stuff and it's it's really good um but as far as someone that's been around about the same time as us um well um Pretty, pretty much like the ones that you know, like Sean Whiting and uh, mm-hmm. Mojo, Mojo Thunder, and, Josephine's. Yeah, yeah there, there's something. There's something in the water. And you know, again, there's also something in, in in those couple of years. You know, this kind of like the same time frame that all these kind of formed. I feel like, or really started hitting things very consistently. Do you have any uh, uh, blues guitar player influences at all? Um, uh, I, I would, I would say, you know, some of it comes from like, I mean, for, for me, the line between blues and rock is, you know, there's a pretty, pretty decent line between them. So like, I'll, I'll consider someone like Dwayne Allman and Dickie Betts to be, to be rock. Although, yeah, you know, sure. some people, many people consider them to be blues or blues rock, um, but if I'm thinking on, you know, what I would consider is just just straight blues artists, um, not really. A lot of them would be like the blues rock. Uh, people like Dwayne and Dickie um, um, and some of some of like the, the, Page, the Jimmy Page stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much along the, the blue. Okay blues rock line right on right on hey jason is it that time of the show i mean colby would you like to do some lightning round some fun questions with us well yeah (laughs) (laughs) well well, he's up for he's up for anything i like it it's it's, he's too afraid to say no (laughs) all right uh just first thing that comes to your head you know you don't have to worry about overthinking this stuff okay I'll try. <laughs> What's the th- three most recent bands or artists you've you've streamed? 
stream, 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 stream. Or listen to. Uh, stream, uh, three most recent. Um, I would say uh, Lawrence. Um, I, I went to see Nelton John the other day. Um, and uh, Mojo Thunder. You saw Elton John, is that what you said? Uh, yes. Uh, where? Uh, oh, we're at Rupp. Back last Oh, we're up, back at Rupp, okay. Oh, nice. How was that? Uh, between him and the first battle, uh, mentioned Lawrence, which seen them the week before that, two best concerts seen, uh, seen in my life. Well, there goes another question, Brian, I don't have to answer. Usually I say, what's the best concert you've ever seen in your life? So, But before them, it was the Rolling Stones. I know. I, they, they, they got they got they got edged out for me when, when did you see them and where i seen them in uh columbus ohio actually there we go uh back the, in, the ohio stadium the yeah, ohio stadium yeah. i think 23 or 2015 probably say. yeah around there yeah yeah it, i saw them in minneapolis that summer too it was uh, ever since then i tried to we've been trying to find tickets and they just never came around at the right time uh but that was that was such an amazing show. My mom hated the Stones, and you know, and I was I was late teenage years then, and she went in just like fine. You want to go see the Stones? She came out loving them. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so since then, I've always stood by 70 percent show, 30 percent the music. The show can change everything. Yeah. Well, there you know they they. <laughs> Mick Jagger knows how to be a front man and get like, you know, those guys know how to, how to put on a show. Yes, they do. All right. They, so, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. They, they've been doing it long enough. I hope they do. They've been doing, yeah, they've been <laughs> doing it a long time, a long time. Uh, Brian and I go visit Moorhead. Where do you send us to go eat? Oh, uh, I, w- I would probably send you, uh, I mean, you'll see them a, a lot throughout Southeast Kentucky, but, the Giovanni's we have here is really good. Oh, that's uh, a pizza. Yeah, Italian? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there, there's there's a couple other places, you know. But uh, as far as ones that are kind of kind of based specifically in more, there's uh, like the staple Pasquale's. I uh, you know it's been around since the dirt was young. Um, and then Molini's. Uh, it's another Italian place. There's there's okay. there's, there's a lot of, a lot of Italian food in Moorhead and the nice little you know, but not hills. but not a lot of Italians. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> like, how many Italians you have in Eastern Kentucky in the hills? <laughs> not, not a lot. Not many. It's <laughs> all right. Italian food's universal. What's your first album, record, CD that you remember getting? Who? Well, the. I, I'm going to give two answers on this one. There's one that I want to admit and one that I don't. <laughs> the one I'm going to admit was the first record I listened to was, uh, uh, is either California Cation or uh, Stadium Arcadian by the Chili Peppers. And that's what really got me into music. And then, of course, when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with Toby Keith. Okay. Weird transition. Man. But uh, we you got there. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, what is the last TV show or movie you streamed? been a while uh star trek picard oh the new the new series right on yeah this, yeah uh, universal or paramount or whatever every whatever that's on yeah, paramount? Pa- paramount plus paramount. yeah and I, I i haven't finished all of season two it's not all yet yet i'm a couple episodes behind but 
I'm, I'm a big Star Trek person. Okay, Star Trek over Star Wars? Mm, no. no, not that okay, big. Star Wars over Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> not that big. Well, what is what is your thoughts on the sequel series that just ended a couple of years ago? Um, there were some good points. Okay, fair. But there were more bad points for me. So, like, now, much like the prequels. Yeah, like how a lot of people seen the prequels. To me, that was you know like, uh, you know my. That was my, I guess, version of the of the prequels. It, yeah. it just didn't, it felt like a rehash. And then, you know, there's some things that just didn't make sense. But, and I will, will say, stuff like The Mandalorian, uh, Rogue One, yeah, Solo, all of that stuff. And I'm super excited for Kenobi. Yep. All of that stuff has blown me out of the water. Yeah. So, like, that's more than made up for the, the sort of, I agree. So one Rogue One top five Star Wars movie by far, maybe three or four, depending on the day for me. It's just incredible. Three. Three. So you go Empire, original Star Wars, Rogue One. Uh uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Um for me, I had just really loved episode three. So Jedi. Yeah. Um or or uh uh, Revenge of the Sith. Sith. Yeah. Uh mostly just because of just that 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 lightsaber sequence there was really good so the the acting is not great in the dialogue but the action scenes in that movie are really good yeah yeah i I will say yeah probably no i'm just thinking too much on that lightsaber sequence and not looking at movies at whole. yeah empire the first one well the Uh, movie starts out great too where they're rescuing um chancellor palpatine or whatever on on the ship and you know uh anakin <laughs> Count Dooku <laughs> takes his head right off. Yeah, yeah. It's a good start. Too bad we couldn't see Christopher Lee actually in action right there. He, I know. he probably would have won. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would have. But like, Mandalorian is great. I love it. Book of Boba Fett was good. But you know, what's nice about the series is you've got more room to tell a more complete story and with characters instead of I only have 90 minutes, 120 minutes to try to throw a bunch of stuff out there so i you know really with a short series these days it's a, a bigger advantage than a movie has yeah it, it's turned from like tv shows having you know just the moral like i would i would say the biggest one would be like star trek you know all like the late 80s early 90s and early 2000 or 90s and 2000s you know like voyager deep space nine and all that you know it was it was like a pair uh i think it was a parable i think mm-hmm. um every episode had a moral right. you know, a lesson to be learned and you know those those work great for that but now like you got star wars with like mandalorian you have a movie a super long movie but it's cut up into episodes to where it makes sense to have their own climaxes you know it, it's it's a really just unique way that um is starting to become more mainline so it'll become less unique but it's still effective nonetheless. Uh, it keeps me hooked. Like, yeah. No, so. did, did you ever watch like the Clone Wars or any of those other the animated series at all? Uh, the, uh, yes, not the 2D animated. I didn't watch a whole lot of that, but the 3D animated, I binged that one like four times. Okay. 
Listen, Brian, I think there's a guy at my own heart here. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> yep. Nerds. Yep. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll move away from the sci-fi and, and, movies yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. We'll go back to the music. So choice, Gibson, Epiphone, or Fender? Uh, Epiphone. These are leading answers because people didn't hear the conversation we had prior to recording. Okay. So Epiphone, Epiphone, Les Paul, 335, um, SG or Firebird? Uh, Firebird. Yep. <laughs> so what, so Colby, what's your favorite guitar right now? Um, technically an Epiphone Flying V. <laughs> really? Epiphone. So did you, did you also have the Flying V from like line? yes and that's you like that better than your firebird uh i just changed the pickups in it and i just got the pickups on the bench for the firebird i got some lawlers in so i'm gonna be swapping them out so we'll find out the real answer later today um but i had always straight away from a v because you Mm -hmm. couldn't sit down and play right right yep um and then you know i kind of started you know i with with us the rebranding and everything at Bedford, I was like, you know, I really want to try different things. So I'm experimenting with you know different amps, moving from Fender, going to Marshall, um, and just playing cranked amp, you know, little pedals, you know, very few if I use any. And so I was like, you know what, let's let's try a V. And just the overall feel of them, I absolutely love, and it just really kind of kind of clicks for me and the way that I way that I move, you know, I'm, I'm able to kind of work with a little bit more, um, and kind of the same thing with the Firebird, I love these just kind of different shapes, the mm-hmm. Firebird, I can rest my arm on, and still dig in, but not exert myself as much, so it's, you know, one of those where it's, you know, not a super hard song where I'm wailing with my right arm, you know, I can just kind of prop it up there and just kind of groove along, or, you know, just kind of focus more on making, like, you know, kind of contact with people, try to tell a story with movements, even though I'm the world's worst dancer. Let's not, let's, <laughs> let's, let's not get any live videos of that. <laughs> is, is Epiphone making the, the Flying V right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, they yes. are. Hey, Brian, a few years back, they uh, did they have a Dave Rude Epiphone Flying V. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, I want one of those. I, we're big Tesla fans, Brian and I, Colby, just so you know. Okay, yeah, no, no, I'm wrong with that. No, but they have a Dave Rude uh, Tesla uh, Flying V, Epiphone Flying V. Uh, they, what they're making right now is just, I mean, I've gone through and just inspected them. The wood is high quality. Yeah. Well, they're in partnership with the Gibson Custom Shop or something, to, to, right, for all the, all of that stuff, design, quality, yeah, some from components. What, from what I've seen, it's, you know, it's pretty much Epiphone's asking Gibson, if you were us, what would you do? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would you do? So they're like, well, let's, let's ditch some of this stuff that you're doing with like the super, super high thick gloss. You know, you don't need it that thick. Um, as far as the wood, you know, it, it's, it takes the same amount of wood. I always tell people, it's like, it takes the same amount of wood to make uh, like a mini Martin mm-hmm. as it does like a super jumbo you're going to start with the same block. Yeah. Just, yep. And so like part of that is, you know, they're like, you're, you're already using the wood, just use it a different way. Use it 
the way we do, you know, as much as you can, solid tops, Mm -hmm. you know, if you do a veneer, that's okay, you know, a a veneer is a veneer, right, uh, a good veneer, it's hard to tell apart from a true flame top or anything like that, Um, and, you know, pretty much spec to spec, they're identical, Um, there's some things that are different, Um, really, just pickups are the only thing I change, and, you know, most most people that deep dive into things change pickups anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you're into Lawler's. Yes. Uh, I've, I've really just struck my groove there with them as just, they're always reliable. I always know I'll get the, the sound that I'm wanting or at least close to it. Yeah. I had nothing wrong with that, man. Like and going back to the Epiphones, the fact that they're making them so well and they sound so good, they look really good too. I love the redesigned headstock. Um, taking one of those guitars to play live that costs you 800 bucks uh, is a little bit easier, less less stress than bringing a $3,000 guitar out on stage with you. Yeah. Trevor plays an R9 and like he's, oh. you know, sometimes he gets concerned about yeah. you know, playing that where he has this uh, uh, custom, you know, uh, uh, Dickie Bits, Dwayne Allman SG that he's, you know, kind of really wary about taking out. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I do share that sentiment. It's like if something were to happen, you know, that's, that's a lot. In, it's in a, a lot. Guitar. You know, and uh, I don't know how many green rooms with security or control that you're going into if you're just putting stuff to the side of the stage or behind the stage, like shit happens. Yeah. Or especially when you, if you're, you know, on the road. It's yeah. Like, Somebody breaks you know, in the van. Yeah. I'd rather lose, you know, like, the V cost me about 600 bucks with, mm-hmm. with a good deal from uh, Mount Music Exchange and Bible. And I'd rather lose that than, you know, what what would a standard yeah. Gibson V cost right now? Like yeah. two and a half if, oh. if I'm lucky. Yeah, I was going to say if you're lucky, yeah, if you find a good deal somewhere. I know I'm, I'm with you. And I'm it was nice that you, you kind of walked me through those couple of those nice looking models that you have because I've been on the fence about a couple of those things. And I think I, uh, I mean, definitely the 335. I said the 59 was good. And you got me, my interest peaked on the Firebird, to tell you the truth. Yeah, man. Anytime you got questions on any, you know, anything like that, especially concerning those, you know, I'm, I'm your man. I've, I've pretty much got them all minus the Explorer right now and the SG. Yeah. They'll, they'll come. They'll come. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll round them out. The, the Explorers are kind of cool, too. I, you know, that's another interesting body shape. Yeah. It's, it's funny how those – Neither of those three models took off whenever. Didn't you know. Hetfield play like Explorers for a while or like at least like the um, uh, E, whatever, that brand they were using, version of like the same body shape, the, uh, oh, what's that brand that he and Hammett were using for a while? Um, ESP. You know ESP. ESP, thank you. ESP. Does Ricky Medlock play uh, Explorer? Yes. Yes, he does. Oh, Skinner, yeah. Yeah, he does a, a Karina Explorer. Ooh, I remember that. Nice. Our bass player in my band plays a Gibson Thunderbird bass, Ooh. and that looks so nice, which looks like the Firebird, right? It's the bass version of the Firebird. It's like, it looks just like rock and roll. It sounds like rock and roll. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Sam used to use a, uh, what was it, EBO one, the, the SG bass for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Those, they, they felt great. Just they're super wooly. <laughs> and, you know, they didn't, they work great for the cream sound that 
that, that that's kind of all I got. Turn the tone down and the yeah. <laughs> it's just, they weigh a ton. <laughs> yeah. Oh sure, I bet they do weigh a ton. It's a lot of wood on that. Then All you right. get the scrap button on the back. It's kind of awkward. <laughs> well, that's I, mean, I had one. Yeah, for a while. Did you also say the SG guitar has the, you know the strap on the back on the front side too? So you just got you got to get it got to get it oriented the right way when you're putting the strap on, so it doesn't like you know bend in, fold in on itself. Yeah. The, the weird thing is the V has it on the shoulder of the V, like right there. It's like that's a, such a weird place. It's like where a Paul would have it. Yeah, I, I always feel like. V would make more sense to just be right on on the back. The, yeah, I agree. But, but then I was playing it around a little bit. And I was like, actually, it makes sense for it to be right there because where there's so much access with the V, you're actually going to hit that with your thumb or your or your palm every time. So it, it's 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 weird, but yeah, it's one of those things. You learn how to play around it. Yeah. All right, you're playing on stage for one night. You get to choose one guitar and one amp only. No no pedals, nothing else. What are you choosing? uh i'm probably going to choose uh okay we're going to get really specific here um but general at the same time um pretty much i would probably choose um turn it around right here uh right now since i'm in the kick of the v the v um we can sub firebird whoever wants um it doesn't, it doesn't matter so long as they have, you know, PAF sounding pickups, you know, and into um, the, the, the dream one for me is a JTM 45 slash 100, 100 watt JTM 45 uh, uh, powered by a quad of KT66s run into two hundred watt pre-roll of Celestian greenback cabinets. That was super specific, but that's good. Yeah, that, that amp would cost more probably than like three of my cars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can play on stage with one musician or artist for one night. Who you choosing? Living or dead. Living or dead. Living Thank or you, Brian. Dead. Oh, man, this, you're not making this one very easy. Nope. <laughs> um, I would... Uh, you know, I, I would I would love to to just get into into a jam with Stevie Wonder. Like I I would feel like I would be challenged to every fiber of my being as far as musicality goes. But I would also have probably the time of my life. Oh sure. Is there a particular song you'd want to play? Uh not really. Um, probably. Um, if I've, if I've had to choose one, you know, I'd, I'd probably choose like uh, off of his uh, fulfilling his first finale record. Uh, um, he's Mr. Know-It-All, probably, probably that one, which has like no guitar on it. I was saying, <laughs> do, you, do you just want to play guitar? Or would you sing or sing backup as well? I would do anything the man wanted me to do. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> oh, you're not playing keys because he's playing keys. Well, he, Superstition has, I think, uh, last time I checked, it has mm, like 10 clavinet tracks. So, yeah. So maybe you could just one of those. <laughs> so maybe I could do one of those tracks where he's Mr. Know It All, you know. There you go. Like that. What is a place you want to perform that you haven't had a chance to perform at? <sighs> hmm. 
uh, you know, just part part of the 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 locale part of me is like, you know, I'd love to play, you know, Rub Arena, you know, just because, you know, that's the thing. But, you know, being being more realistic, you know, I, I'd love to play, you know, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much anywhere, let's be honest. <laughs> um, what's coming to my head is like a Bogarts in Cincinnati. Oh, there we there, go. That's used to be my told, home base. Yeah. I've always been told that that is one just awesome place for music. So it is, and they've, they've renovated it and looks great and sounds great. I've, I've been there plenty of times over the years where the sound, the baseline, something was bad. And then I was there last fall and saw Larkin Poe in the cold stairs. And not only had they fixed the sound system, but they cleaned up the inside, painted it, looked great. Wow. So, yeah. I always, always heard stories, you know, just of some of the bands that would come through Bogarts. Um, if you ever get to talk to Sam Rogers from Fat Cave, he has a really funny story about seeing Guar there. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Guar at the Newport in Columbus by Ohio State back in my young days. <laughs> Guar and Clutch, both concerts I wasn't sure I was going to make it out alive. I think uh, he said 311 was opening for them, so he had this 311 hat. And then... That is a interesting bill. Yeah. And, or <laughs> 311 and Guar. <laughs> You never know. Or maybe he just had a 311 hat. Maybe. You know. um, but then he's like, I guarantee I'm the only person in the world that has still has a 311 hat stained with Guar blood. On it. I would say yes. That would be very a very rare find. Put it in a museum. Uh, I'll let him tell the story if you, you know, get the chance to, to talk to him one day. because It's his story. He's, he's, okay. he's got it down pat. Would love to hear that one for sure. <laughs> Tell us a music, musical artist, band, or song that we'd be surprised to hear that you like. Uh, let me get onto the archives right here. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, there, there's a lot out there. You know, you're a rock guy, right? So, you know, what's... Yeah, what's... Yeah. Um, okay. Um, like I mentioned them earlier. Um, like uh new band coming up um they're they're out of new york and you know i've seen them uh like i said right before elton john lawrence they're soul pop and they're just they absolutely feel all of those like sort of black gospel vibes that i've always huh. loved and they do it in you know i won't say uh, pop has definitely kind of gotten like a negative connotation amongst a lot of people nowadays um, but really, you know, it just comes down to, you know, it's, it's, it's popular. Um, it's just, I, I would put them as just like, Oh, a, it's a, it's a guy and a girl. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. And well, they're, they're brother and sister and, but it's an eight piece band. There's three pieces. Yeah. I was say, yep. They're all on the promo stuff, but I looked at another picture and there's a, a band behind them. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Um, by them, uh, I would say there's a, this amazing, amazing version uh, of pretty much their big hit off of this new record, Hotel TV, Don't Lose Sight. Um, if you go on YouTube, there's an acoustic version with them and all, a lot of their musical uh, colleagues that they graduated with doing doing that song. 
full choir pretty much uh no drums essentially no drums no guitar but you won't notice they're not there okay i'm in well i've got their website pulled up so i will check them out on your recommendation uh, they're 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 awesome thanks sean sullivan <laughs> from mojo for and morgan uh for exposing me to them because i'm in love those are good dudes yeah we've had them on the podcast uh a bit ago and that's like brian's go-to band he recommends everybody they're great that that song's from the electric or hymns from the electric church albums fantastic yeah i think it's just one of the best rock i mean just straight up one of the best rock records i've heard in my life just yeah amazing Incredible. all right last question for you Give us a good story from a show, something weird, interesting happened. Like what comes to your mind? Like, Hey, if I could tell about any experience at a show, this is the one I would do. Now the guys would be able to answer that one a lot better than me. Cause usually for a lot of the shows a long time ago, my pretty much by the end of it, I was so out of it. I was like, you know, put things down and go take a breather. That's usually when the funny things happen. <laughs> um, I really, I really don't got one off the top of my head right now. I, Anything I weird happened? Something happened during a show? Weird people in the crowd, bizarre occurrence. Um, we, I mean, we have one of our good older buddies just like straight up fall and bust and knock down like three tables once. You know, it just a random Wait, bar. What did he fall from to knock down three tables? Um. He was just walking. <laughs> Is he a big guy? Uh, he, he was a little bit. Okay. Well, your job is for when we have you guys back, are you on and the rest of the band on to come back with a good story? I, I will come back with a good story. That's your homework. That's, you know, I've got that. <laughs> you just don't get in. You're probably too, too good of a guy. You just don't get involved with the shenanigans. I'm involved with them, <laughs> whether I'm there sometimes or not. You know, I, I, I'll I'll be drawing a blank sometimes. Some and this is one of those weird fans that brought in like a woodchuck into the gig or a badger or <laughs> a snake or, or a tusk from an elephant. A tusk from an elephant or a fist fight with Ted Nugent's manager or an orgy or a naked German guy walking in your room. You know. A lot of those could very well have happened. Well, they did from, <laughs> from other guests. people. So, all right. Bonus question then for this one, since you have your homework. How the heck did you end up playing gigs in Hamilton, Ohio? Ah, that would be the perfect question for Tristan because he's the one that got that. But of all the places to choose, you're choosing Hamilton. Of all the places, I think the way that one came about, he was looking for places to play, and I think he's seen something on it where we was recommended uh, this place, North Second, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Tap and Bobble or Bobble and Tap. Yeah. Uh, get those confused. Um, it's one of those. Um, and they said, yeah, man, they're, they're, they, they'd love to have you all up there. And so it's like, you know what? Let, let's try it. Let's, you know, I think that was our real first – successful branch out of okay. Kentucky. Yeah. Um and you know part part of it is you know definitely want to develop that home base so you know you have something to come back to whether sure. you know we go out to Hamilton and we got that you know solid wow great we can start building a home base out from there you know maybe maybe we can help connect that gap between Kentucky 
uh, and Hamilton by hitting Cincinnati and you yep. know getting so you're there. getting pretty close to Bogarts. You're not all that far away. Not too far. Not too far. Or Newport, away. Kentucky, which has you know some nice places to see a show. Yeah, uh, we have we have a show in September being planned right now at Southgate. Southgate, uh, yeah, Southgate House. Yeah. Yep, that's great place. Um, so like we've you know we've been there a few times in the past, and this time we're really gonna be pushing there, and then so hopefully we can help close that gap and start getting into Cincy, you know, because you know all all it takes is one good show. That's right. All, that's all it takes is just one good show, and then hey. Y'all want to come back? Okay. Brought some people. They'll bring some more. Okay. Sweet. Talk to those people. Hey, y'all got any places, you know, other places around? We, you know, we don't want to just come back here every single week. You know, people get tired of the same atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so a lot of it is, you know, kind of, kind of breaking down those said gates, you know, that people gatekeep or whatever. You know, just by sending out your fans, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's like your own little army. It's like, hey, go out, help help us. You know, we, we do this. We do this for, you know, the fans, you know, not so much ourselves. You know, we can. there's a lot easier ways to make a living than music. Yeah. <laughs> and music's yeah. music's a hard, hard life. Um, so like we we do it. For, for the enjoyment of other of other people, essentially what it will sound to. And you know, that that's 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 like and a little, little off topic, but you know, just uh never never uh, underestimate the fans because probably wouldn't be in Hamilton, Ohio without them. Nope. Nope. It's just are you ever afraid in Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's up with Hamilton beats? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk offline, Brian. All right. <laughs> um, you know, driving into it a little yeah. bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, not not as afraid as I was. Like, in they're fixing it up. Like they're you know they're renovating the downtown and doing some other things. But it would have been a very depressed industrial area for a long time. Not as not as afraid as I was when I was in Dayton. Where, well, so what were you in Dayton? Were you playing a show or just? I uh, was playing a show with, with uh, another band at, where? at the time. Uh, the Yellow Cab. Yellow Taxi Cab, yeah. Played yeah. The, that last live show we played full band, not a, not a festival was, yeah, Yellow Yellow Cab. Yeah, Yellow Cab. I dug it place. Sound guy there was great, great, great guy. It's not, that place isn't dangerous around there, trust me. It's like just like all old, like industrial open stuff. Yeah. It, but if you it, draw, drive through the wrong area, which is easy to do and close by, then you can be afraid. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, a lot of it comes from like old industrial centers have yeah. the trend of following Detroit. Look what, you know, really happened to the heart of Detroit for a long time. Um, of course, I, you know, I've never been, but I've always been told, you know, by people that live around there, yeah. you know, is like when these industrial complexes kind of break down, what, what and, and, and that building is an actual brian an old uh, yellow taxi cab building that's where they used to run at the cabs out of and, and mm-hmm. shop and they converted it to this music venue slash tavern well you know beer lots of different beer and drinks and usually a food trucks out there somewhere oh that's awesome i didn't know about the history on that uh, yeah but you know it's, it's just like one of those you know driving through um i mean like it's it's not like driving through the rough part of nashville 
Yeah. Or any big city, you know, every any, big city. Every big city has, has it. Yeah. yeah. I just, we just make, we make a lot of fun of my mom and people from Hamiltucky. So it's just, you know, <laughs> it, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, but my band is based out of Dayton. So when he said Dayton, then my ears perked up because, you know, we played up and down Dayton for a lot. Yeah. A lot of years. I, when I, when I, when I got there, there's, you know, someone that's like, Cool boy, you've entered the rough neighborhood now. So I was like, well, I, I guess I, I guess it is. Yeah, you didn't know but, any better. That yeah. well, you guys need to get up there and play a show. We'll come, definitely come down. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I think we're going to try to try to get one on the books. Probably, you know, where we're doing booking in like you know three month periods. You know, we're trying yeah. to say three months plus ahead because it's you know it's a lot easier to book a show three months out than yep. two weeks out. Come to Dayton, come to Columbus, or other parts of Cincinnati, just not Hamilton. And I'll come see you. <laughs> okay okay yeah. okay well colby thanks for coming on man we lo- love the bedford album the, the you guys are great i cannot wait to hear what your new stuff is going to be like uh where do we send the people who listen to this podcast to go out and find out more about the bedford band okay so uh, to find more about us um you can obviously go to facebook which is just at bedford band or um instagram at bedford band official we do have, we do have a tiktok that we post a lot of just mm-hmm. things on yep. which is literally the point of tiktok i believe uh, so i think we're doing it right uh that's bedford underscore eight or zero eight one of the two and a lot of your fans post stuff on there for you too i saw uh yes yes and then really kind of what i'm pushing for more is you know um i'll probably have more like i was telling you beforehand um on our website www.bedfordofficial.com it's a nice website yeah most of the dates you know done before i post them on facebook just the facebook algorithm works better if you don't post a schedule four months out you know sometimes at least for us that i found so a lot of those will be on there and um you know as as we go on more kind of behind the scenes stuff is going to pop up on there too so uh, you know just you know give us you know give us a like on our pages and you know share and comment you know engage with it we'll engage right back with you if, if you you know got a funny joke and want us to try to finish the end of it it might be not <laughs> the end that you want but it's the end you'll get yep and you know again you're all over the the social medias tiktok twitter instagram facebook you've got the nice website uh bedford official.com it's a really nice site people go out and check it out see where they're playing buy their merch listen to their music support these another great band out of kentucky brian every time we turn around there's another awesome band that we're learning about out of kentucky bedford's definitely one of those what do you say brian i say i agree 100 kentucky always continues to amaze me thank you colby swinney from bedford for being on the podcast uh we'd love to have you on again and we're going to be uh keeping up with you and supporting and promoting you uh any way you can so thank you again for being on thank you all so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure thanks to Kai, to colby swinney uh from bedford for joining us for the conversation um it was great to uh hear about a gentleman that i whose facebook page i came across before them uh fat cave studios uh definitely gonna have to reach out to them to be on um and uh 
heard a lot about Star Wars and Star Trek too. <laughs> yeah, well, we we did, we did. You never know where those lightning round questions are going to take you. But I thought it was interesting studying commercial music at Moorhead State and all the kind of some of the things they learned how to do, which you know, as a band, uh, kind of being your own business these days, very valuable. And it's it's neat to know that uh, schools are teaching that. But um, Colby, cool guy, like love talking gear with them. We talked gear before any of you guys heard um recording it just seems like have his head on straight and they're they're in part of a really good band and i didn't know that he played uh some organ keyboard stuff live with mojo thunder yeah i know that mojo thunder had someone playing right keyboards live with some gigs but i had no idea that that was him that was him. you know i, I maybe had read the name back then but i didn't didn't know you well know, so. he's gonna do that when they do that double build live album show here on june 17th at the borough in lexington he's gonna be playing keyboards for mojo thunder have you been to the borough in lexington no i've only been to the manchester uh which is down the street so i'm, I'm not familiar with the borough of course i don't spend a lot of time in lexington but Right. Um, I, when we were talking to him, I brought it up on Google and took a look at some pictures. looks like there's like uh, pinball machines and video games and there's an outdoor stage and an indoor stage. It looks like a really cool place. Yeah. They got a lot of shows there. I was looking at, at some of the uh, upcoming uh, guests, artists coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, when I went to Manchester, I saw as the crow flies. So that was excellent as well, but uh, I want to go to the borough. And uh, Colby played bass for guitar, and he plays keyboards. And uh, he's a big Stevie Wonder fan, and I learned that I had no idea that Stevie Wonder played drums and guitar and all that stuff. Yeah, because, you know, what you guys didn't hear on the podcast is after um, we got done recording with Colby, we always talk to people, and Brian asked the question of, where should, what Stevie Wonder album should I start with? And that started another conversation. I wish we would have recorded that. It was interesting. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, that'd be would have been great. Sometimes, those, and we got uh, a good movie recommendation, right, Brian? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Summer of Soul on Hulu, documentary about the that uh, music festival in Harlem in '69. Um, won an Oscar for best documentary this year, and it has been on my list in Hulu, Brian. And now I'm I'm definitely going to make sure I get to it sooner rather than later. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to watch it tonight. You watch it tonight, then you send me a message of what you thought of it. All right. And for anybody out there, man, if who, if you guys, anybody can make it to that show in Lexington at the Burl, uh with Bedford and Mojo Thunder, you know, I don't know if it's a live show. I don't know if they're going to let people do phone video, but if so, I'd love to see some. We try to cover as many uh, uh, shows as we can. Yep. And that should be a good one. So. Two bands we've had on the show. Really excellent. Should make for a hell of a night. So thank you to everybody who does that, uh, Carrie Gates specifically. Um, so thank you so much for the all you guys who are out there at shows uh, getting some video for us. We appreciate that. And always remember, Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Time again.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 